0: I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost by a score of 117 to 108. On the road on ESPN to the uh, struggling Boston Celtics who had lost three in a row on the road and um, yeah I don't know man it's uh, look the Celtics are, are a very good team at home they they all have always been it's like on a San Antonio and playing um, you know it's they're sixteen and five on their home floor um, and they showed it tonight I mean they have a gear that they get hit at home especially defensively with their energy that. You know, they just don't really seem to do otherwise. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a competitive game, just like the first two games in this series have been. You know, this one is very much like the one the Raptors won at home, like the second game of the year, where um, you know. It's like a close game, back and forth. You know, both teams sort of make runs. You know, take leads, et cetera, et cetera. And then one team at the end makes a big push. And tonight, that was the Celtics. I would also say that the Raptors kind of just like gave up. It was very strange seeing their effort towards the end of the game. Like they looked really tired and sluggish, and no one's making extra rotations. And you know, they weren't really running their offense in a in a way that would just seem coherent. It seemed like a, guy, a bunch of guys that seemed out of gas and just didn't really seem prepared for it. But um yeah, I mean, you know, on the other side, the Celtics, Kyrie Irving, just consistently getting to his shot, and he had a ridiculous away jumper against Serge Ibaka. Who played pretty good defense on a switch, hung with him, put a hand in his face, everything like as much as you can do. Like he, Kyrie's falling away against a six foot ten guy, and Kyrie sinks it. Kyrie then hits a jumper from the uh the Celtics um. The guy, like, whatever, that little pipe in his mouth, like, that's where Kyrie hit it from. Like, it was nasty. It was, like, probably 35 feet. Like, I, I, um, I and that's Kyrie for you. And really, the Raptors had no, just had no answer for Kyrie whatsoever. I mean, they just haven't had that over the years. Regardless, I think the guy who's probably guarded Kyrie the best has been, like, Corey Joseph, dating back to when Kyrie was with the Celtics and Corey was with the Raptors. And, you know, they, they met in the uh, the playoffs a couple times. I thought Corey did a pretty good job. but. Man, uh, yeah, the Raptors just have nobody to put on Kyrie Irving, and it's kind of sad, really. Kyrie had 27 points and 18 assists. Now, he did have seven turnovers, and the Raptors did kind of smother him a little bit early, but man, this guy got it going, and it's nasty. It's really, really nasty, the way he can consistently get... Into the paint, off the high screen. He's so good at angling, contorting himself, flipping himself, spinning, then getting you know just rejecting the screen and just whatever, just clever tricks to get into the middle of the paint. And he's got such a good mid-range package that you know it's it's tough. What are you gonna do, right? You have to step up and you have to switch your bigs on with him. Or sometimes you know you know you got to put both guys in the in the paint and he kicks it out to uh, you know his, his big. And today, Al Horford and Aaron Baines were both great on jumpers. Horford, three or four from deep. Baines hit his three. Baines hit a like a baseline jumper as well. So it's really tough. It's really tough. And the Raptors just have nobody to really put on him. I mean, the guy you would really ideally put on him, I'm hearing you guys, is probably just Kawhi Leonard. You're like, why don't we put the two-time defensive player of the year on him? Well, the thing is, Kawhi has to do so much on offense. And, you know... I don't know, man. They're already making concessions because Kyle can't really guard him at all, right? Kyle with his bad back, not a good performance tonight. Um, So, okay, so you got to slide Danny Green on him. And, like, I've said it on this podcast a couple times. Danny Green's a great defender. He's a really, really great defender. Um, But Kyrie has had a history of success against um, Danny Green, and uh, he showed it again tonight, man. He was – that man is a killer. He just He is just deadly. Uh, and then the two-man game with him and Horford were just really good. I thought, you know, Ibaka actually played decent defense overall, but he just really couldn't get a handle of these guys. You know, like, Horford's a threat. Um, Horford has had a bad knee all year, and it's sort of like Lowry's bad back. It's sort of like which one of these two, like, you know, very vital glue guys is going to um, stay together long enough to sort of keep their teams afloat. And Horford today, I mean, he didn't look like he had a knee issue to me. Um, you know, there are games where he goes like one for twelve, but tonight nine of twelve. I uh, was finishing alley oops and hitting jumpers and everything. So like a great game from Horford and uh, those two guys basically just killed the Raptors. Um, you know. They supplied the offense, but hey, it's not like the Raptors didn't kill the the Celtics in reverse. You know what I mean? Like the Raptors made a concerted game plan of going into the paint. They got 14 offensive rebounds. Um, they got two. They got 58 points in the paint overall. They got 21 free throws, which is, you know, uh, the Celtics only shot 13, which is a little bit surprising. The Celtics usually had a couple of whistles at home. Didn't really feel like the whistles are too imbalanced today. Um, but yeah, the Raptors went inside a lot, and a lot of that went through Serge Ibaka, who had 22 points. I now mean, he did have... 10 of 21 shooting, which was not great. Not a very efficient game. But, you know, still, he got a lot of offense that way. He got five offensive rebounds as well. I thought Serge really, really worked himself um, almost to the bone offensively. So much so that he kind of faded towards the end. And, you know, he didn't really have his energy later on in the game. um, But he was great early on. Really established himself. Hit some pretty big jumpers. um, But mostly just got into the paint. Got putbacks. Got dunks. He was great. Um, Kawhi just... I mean, for a second there, for a hot second, it really looked like Kawhi was just going to win this game uh, by himself for the Raptors. Kind of just like, you know, how that other game in Boston went in November where it was in TD Garden and Kawhi had like 30. I think Kawhi's had 30 plus in all three of these games, which is nice. And today, very efficient, you know, 10 of 19 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3, which is a bit shaky, although a couple of those he sort of jacked up at the end sort of because the Raptors needed a three, but also 11 of 11 from the free throw line. For, for a while there, Kawhi was really just the whole offense. I mean, he came into the game, had a baseline jumper. Um, there was one play where both Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart were, like, draping off the man, like just hanging on for a dear life, and Kawhi just ripped through both those guys as if they weren't even there, and then banked in from a very, very, very sharp angle, uh, uh, you know, a, a short, you know, shot while also hitting the free throw. I mean, he was incredible, but um, the issue is, I think, you know, well, two things, actually. One thing is the fact that the Raptors, um, I think they really did exhaust themselves, you know, going and playing so much in the paint. I think later in the game, it, it, they just weren't able to do it and they kind of just gave up. Honestly, the last three minutes of the game, the Raptors put up no resistance whatsoever. They didn't even look like they cared. The other issue is they couldn't get any secondary score and this is the this is the one thing that you really, really have to be concerned with, right? Because look, you can always say, look, the Raptors are 33 and 12, right? They're right there for best record in the NBA, along with Milwaukee and I guess Denver. Um, but you know, in it's in these tight, narrow games where you really get to see where the Raptors come up short and where their flaws are, and not having a secondary score is a pretty big flaw. It's 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 pretty significant. And you see it in crunch time. Kyle Lowry is not a threat in crunch time. In fact, Kyle Lowry was a negative in crunch time today, all right? And uh, he took a three. He took a pull-up transition three with, like, 20 seconds left on the shot clock. And it just clanked. No one was expecting him to take that shot. So the Raptors were caught out in transition. And Tatum goes the other way. He gets an and one. And that was a huge play. It swung the momentum of the Celtics. um, And the Raptors couldn't just get it back. But the bigger point of that is... The reason Kyle took that shot is because he has a really hard time creating his own offense right now, right? He drilled to the basket a little bit to start the game, but then he got elbowed in the back by Aaron Baines, which that's what Aaron Baines is out there for. I mean, Arian Baines, I mean, mm, that man comes in there for some offensive rebounds and then hurts people and then leaves it. It's, uh, it's a great job, you know, a- Australian Zaza. But um, yeah, I mean, so Kyle just, you know, after that, he, he just really couldn't get his offense going at all, and so he has to, like, really be opportunistic, but it's one thing where you miss one of those, like, you know, transition threes early in the game, it's like, whatever, first quarter, you want to find your shot, that's fine, fourth quarter, with, like, three minutes left, when Kawhi's cooking like that, you're gonna take one of those shots, it's ugly, and that was, that was one of the dumbest shots uh, of the game, and really, it's, it's whatever, it's one possession, huge, huge possession, where the Celtics go the other way for three points, um, but Kyle's not able to provide the secondary score right now, his, his back, his back is just... It's bad. It's bad. Every game you see him lying on the sideline now like he's Steve Nash. It's bad. All right? So who else are you going to look for that secondary scoring with? out today. South did a really good job of walling off the paint. Really, really good job. Then they sat on the spin move. Um, he did spin once towards the end of the game, but he had four points for most of the night. He played 36 minutes. He got a lot of the ball. He got a lot of assists because he was able to sort of, you know, there's um, some good interior passing that he did. Uh, you know, he, he contributes, for sure, right? But this is a concern with Pascal. You know, he's been really effective throughout the year, especially in sort of looser scenarios where he can run out and transition and stuff. He is great. His energy really plays. His athleticism really plays. But in these tougher, grinding out half-court games, how much is Pascal going to give you when teams scout them? Celtics scouted Pascal really well today. And uh he only gave you six points. And two of those were a spinning layup at the end when Al Horford wasn't really guarding him. So... Four points for most of the night from Pascal. He's a guy who usually gives you, like, 15 points a game. All right, so who is that secondary scoring coming from? I guess that comes down to Danny Green. The thing is, like, Danny Green can't create his own shot, right? And so y- y- what are you really doing with that, right? I mean, it's not like he's so fast and quick and, like, he's not taking, like, those, like, wild, like, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, even Kyle Korver type of threes where he's coming off the screen so fast and he's just rising up immediately. He's coming from a different angle and things like that. No, nah, Danny's pretty methodical, you know? Like, he, he has the spots where he's really good, you know, like transition threes, corner threes, cash and shoot. But if he has to move his feet and, and cut, take a couple of steps here and there, then it's not really going to be a good shot. He can still hit, like, a floater, like a step in for two like two steps inside the three-point arc. He hit the mid-range jumper. But realistically, Danny's not really going to be a secondary option either. And so it comes back down to Kawhi. And so Kawhi has to create a shot every time. But the thing with a guy like Kawhi versus, you know, let's say – Kyrie on the other like, Kawhi has to work so hard, and it's it's so, it, so much of his scoring comes from, you know, physically overwhelming his opponent, that, like, I, I don't know if he can sort of repeatedly go down the court time after time after time and control every single possession the way Kyrie can, Kyrie can control the game for, like, Five six minute stretches where he's the only guy touching the ball, everyone else is just moving and cutting and spacing around him, and there's a guy screening, whatever. But Kyrie's gonna do most of dribbling, he's gonna do most of the creating, and everyone else is gonna finish, right? But if first of all, Kawhi doesn't have the playmaking ability um to sort of set up other players that effectively, but also when for him to create a shot, it's it's difficult. He's gotta get in the post, he's got it drains him, you know? And so who is that secondary guy? And for the Raptors. Don't don't have that, and that's the biggest concern for me. That's my biggest biggest concern with this team. It's just who is that secondary guy? Because Kyle, I don't know if that back miraculously gets better or if they got to do something to it eventually. But man, it's a uh, it's concerning in games like this. But um, you know what? Despite all that, the Raptors are in the game. Um, you know, it's obviously not easy to play in TD Garden. Um, you know, and the Raptors have now played the Celtics really close towards the end, but then faded both times. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's not great. In terms of um, the other thing was the Raptors bench was just really, really disappointing. Um, you know, the bench got outscored, uh, just got manhandled in the second quarter, really. The, the, you know, Nick Nurse, you know, ran with an all bench, unit, which I thought was Ill, not advisable. But if you're going to do that, OK, do it in the first half. You know, don't do it in the second half. And they did a better job of not doing it in the second half. But. I, oof, man, it, it was bad. It was bad. Um, you know, Norm eventually got it going, and Monroe kind of got it going a little bit, although Monroe is whatever, and Norm is also kind of whatever. But it's really Van Vliet and DeLon right? Those two guys did nothing. Combined zero points, 0 of 6 shooting, 0 of 3 from deep, only two combined rebounds, two re- assists, and one steal. Like, what? They played 30 minutes and gave you zero points combined. This is some Patrick Patterson-ass behavior from these two. Like, and you know what it is? Like, they just physically couldn't cut it. Again, like, I think Wright was getting covered by Jalen Brown and occasionally, like, Marcus Smart. Like, no, you can't, all right? The line can barely bully, like, a DJ Augustine, let alone any of these guys, right? They're, they're like, physically pushing him around. And then Fred VanVleet going against Terry Rozier looked like, honestly, Eric Bledsoe. Like, Eric Bledsoe of last year's playoffs, people chanting, like, uh, Drew Bledsoe and stuff like that. I mean, what is, what's Fred VanVleet in this scenario? You... He, was, he just couldn't do anything. Rozier was just literally cutting him off at every single corner. Now, I think Van Vliet was you know, questionable heading into the game, and based on the way he played, he definitely looked questionable. But um, So I don't want to put it all entirely on him, but seriously, the Raptors bench backward couldn't create anything. It couldn't even run offense. At one point, Van Vliet tried to go into the post just for a simple post-up, and he just, like, threw it right to Marcus Smart's hands, like, I don't know, man. It was it was tough to watch. And meanwhile, Gordon Hayward was popping off. In the first half, he was great. Second half, I don't remember him doing anything. But first half, I mean, he, for the most part, he was single-handedly outscoring the Raptors bench by himself for the first three quarters of the game. Uh, until Norm hit some layups. And, and I guess Monroe hit some free throws and stuff in the fourth quarter. But... Yeah. Hayward really came alive. Um, this is where you really miss a guy like OG because you would really, really want to put OG on a big point forward like Hayward. Um, the Raptors try to do it with Powell, but Powell is just a little bit too short. Um, and you know, there's not a lot of like the Wright, right? Van Vliet, like those guys are too small. And so you would really, really like to have OG for these scenarios. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hayward hit a bunch of shots. It's tough. It's been an up and down year for him. When he plays like that, it gives the Celtics such a big boost because, you know, the Celtics don't have many other guys who can create shots. And so uh, it, it was a frustrating game. Um, in terms of, like, it was a lot of runs. It was exciting, you know, at, at times, because the Raptors came out, I think they were, like, 18-7 to 7 to start. Then the Celtics came back, and then the second quarter there, the Celtics were so dominant, they took a 10-point advantage heading to halftime. Then the Raptors' starters came in third quarter, got the advantage back. The bench kind of played it even. The Raptors kind of took a slight lead, because Kawhi started percolating, and then all of a sudden, Kyrie decides it was Kyrie stuff, and it was over. That's it. And the Raptors have no nobody to guard Kyrie. Like, if, if you were if you're really to look ahead... To the playoffs between these two teams, right? Uh, two big issues. One, there's not a lot of three point shooters for the Raptors right now. Like, they shot 7 of 29. I think in the second quarter, there, the part of the reason why they fell down 34 to 17 is because they shot 0 9 from deep. But also, they just weren't even the good looks they were getting. Like, these guys just aren't that reliable from three, right? Like, one of your best three point shooters is Kyle and The guy, he's almost on that Draymond level of shooting with the backpack on right now. And, um, you know, I just – who's hitting threes for you on this team? Like Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. That's it. That's always the only guy. Serge has been really down with his three-point shooting all year. Um, and so that's an issue. And so I really allowed the Celtics – like today, for example, they shut down most of the pick-and-roll game with Siakam, with Ibaka, because they could just send a third defender and clog up the paint and dare the Raptors swing the ball to the weak side. That's some pretty good ball movement. But, like, a lot of the times, you know, it just wasn't ending in in made baskets. And what do you do in that situation? So that's an issue. Guarding Kyrie Irving is an issue. Kyrie had, um, you know, a career-high 18 assists today, which is really a reflection of how much he got into the paint. But also, if you remember in November when the Raptors played um, the Celtics, also at TD Garden, Kyrie was also ridiculous in that one, 43 points with 11 assists, right? So, like, he's he has torched the Raptors a couple times this year. And, um, you know, the Raptors, you, you can't really go – you can't really put Kyle Lowry or Danny Green on him. So are you going to put Kawhi on him the whole game and then expect Kyrie, Kawhi to also have the legs and then create most of the offense? Like, it's it's so, so difficult, right? Like, I don't know what else you're going to do. So that's tough. Um, and then the third thing is, you know, like, the shooting is just... Uh, I don't know. I guess that was the first point. But, yeah, the secondary score, that's that's also an issue. But um, I don't know. For the most part, it, it, it was... Uh, I don't know. The Celtics just look better. That's it. That's it. I I don't know. That's my takeaway from this game. I don't think the Celtics are better overall, but tonight the Celtics just look better. And when you look at the sort of potential the Celtics have in terms of uh, talent on the roster that can sort of start producing up to sort of their expectations versus what the Raptors talent like the Raptors current talent like the Raptors need to get more talent to get to the point where the Celtics are right. It's uh, it's disappointing. It really is. But um, in terms of your three stars, Kawhi obviously number one star, Serge number two, and then I'm gonna give that third star to. Uh, I'll give it to Norm. I'll give it to Norm. Monroe deserves it a little bit too, but I just thought Norm was a little bit better in terms of his shot creation and his defense and stuff like that. Um, but Monroe has a good case there too. And then in terms of your third, uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to Gordon Hayward. Obviously, he's capable of scoring 18 points, but he just hasn't done him for most of the year. Um, so, yeah, and he was a huge boost for the Celtics off the bench. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is – I, I mean, look, I'm a little bit concerned after watching this game. I'm Seriously, I really am. Like, the Kyle Larry back thing is just – it bothers me every single game. Like, I, every time I – I literally have group chats with friends where I'm like, yo, is Kyle going to score 10 points today? And it's like, okay, yeah, but he's going to shoot, like – three attempt from the field. And that's exactly what he does, like most of these games. Like the back is is it's a real issue, man. It's a, it's a real, real issue and the Raptors gotta really think about it because I don't know how many times you've seen his team go to the finals with no secondary guy, right? LeBron can do it. LeBron can do it with like Jeff Green as a second guy, but that's LeBron. You know, Kawhi is no LeBron. Right? Um so yeah, it's concerning. So you you need a secondary guy. The Raptors it's uh it's a bit of a concern. Anyway for the podcast check out 10 things um and uh i'll be back tomorrow to recap the sun's game